There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to a Cinematic Universe mini-sode. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me to bridge the gap between our Generation X and Green Lantern episodes are... Seb Patrick and James Hunt and uh, bridge the gap we are <laughs> yeah. going to struggle to do um, slow, I mean, presumably slow this, this will have to be like our, our worst ever mini so to go with the fact that we're doing it in between <laughs> two, uh, two of the worst two movies. movies yeah um, I think that's appropriate um, normally when it is um, April Fool's Day week I have to be very careful about the news that I'm reading online just in case I've accidentally picked one of the April Fool's ones and then reported on it on the podcast as if it's a real thing. This week, I thought the April Fool was that there was no news and someone had clearly deleted it all from the internet. Um, Because there's not an awful lot, uh, but what we're going to do is try and make our best of it. And, you know, we're the podcast that can talk for two hours about Generation X, so this won't be a problem. Um <laughs> So we'll start off with with what I now think is the biggest piece of news that we got this week. But earlier when James mentioned it in an email, I was like, no, that's nonsense, James. We're not going to discuss that on the podcast. Um, (laughs) Flashpoint is apparently not going to be called Flashpoint anymore. Um, And we can go into kind of like the details of why that is. uh, And it might not necessarily mean it's not. Flashpoint. So there was an. I bet it does mean that, though. I know they had to kind of back down from saying it, but I bet it does mean that. Let's see. So, so here's here's the story. The Hollywood Reporter um, was uh, talking to writer Dan Mazzo, who is going to be writing uh, an adaptation of Ernest Cline's Armada. um, Had (laughs) some point words. Joy. Um, and this is. This I read is... a passage from Armada that somebody put on Twitter, and it was <laughs> just as bad as Ready Player One. It was like he learned nothing. So it was we... like exactly the same. We need to make you watch Fanboys. I think. I think that's that. That would make me. Oh very God! Happy. I I I read the oral history of Fanboys that. Oh, which um... Jay Baruchel was fantastic in. Yeah, well, yes, he was. It was funny that because of his name having come up on the podcast and, and you being annoyed that I didn't know who he was. Um, but I just love the fact that they managed to make out that the biggest victim of the Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey scandals was the movie Fanboys. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, yeah, Dan Mazzo, uh being interviewed on The Hollywood Reporter, and it mentioned on there that he worked on the Flash film, quotes when it was titled Flashpoint. Um, this article was written by Boris Kitt, and he later tweeted out, I didn't say they weren't adapting Flashpoint. All I said was that it wouldn't be titled Flashpoint, but maybe I said too much. So... Yeah, see, he didn't say... He didn't not say that it's not as well. Okay. So that, that denial is also not a confirmation that it is the thing that he's saying that he didn't say it's not. <clears throat> Do you know what? I'm willing to uh, go ahead and assume you guys... Go on. Warner Brothers don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, like the, the amount of directors and writers this movie's had. Now, I, so I believe this is the one that uh, is it. I forget their names always. It Goldstein and Daly, the two that worked on the Homecoming script and wrote um, horrible bosses and Vacation. 
John Francis Daly from Freaks and Geeks and Jonathan Goldstein. I think that's right. Um, They were the latest to attach to this. Um, They've been attached, I don't think, as recent. I don't, you know, more recently than a DCEU film has come out in cinemas. Um, More recently than Justice League or certainly around that time. (laughs) So, like, it could... Anything that's been set up previously could be... You know, it could be up in the air. And given the rate at which Flash slash Flashpoint goes through directors and writers, why would you commit to a story? <laughs> Let's just see. Let's see what happens. We'll Let's make just one turn of them. up on the day and see how it goes. Yeah, whichever script like lands in the actor's lap first, that's the one we'll that's the one we'll go with. So that's a piece of news, but I think it's a fun piece of news just because it's telling about what's going on over at DC. Um, In some other little DC tidbits that I just think have been pretty funny this week, there's like, um, there was (laughs) one article was titled, Matt Reeves says that the planning for the Batman is going very well. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Joe Manginello has said that things are happening. With Deathstroke. <laughs> this is like when 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 Joe and I talk about how eventually we're going to convert our attic, uh, you know, actually convert it into a third floor um, of our house. And it's, you know, it's something that could possibly happen one day. We'd, we'd like to do it in the future. <laughs> we, we could say that we're planning to do it. Um, the, the realistic possibility of it happening within the next... 10 years or so uh, is, is probably zero but we can we can still say we're planning it see when it, when you started that sentence this is when I when Joe and I talk about I thought you were talking about me and I sorry yes and I, <laughs> I have and a I, wife called Joe for those who don't already know that but I was also thinking about um, how like I was thinking maybe maybe Seb's about to talk about how I have said in the past how I would quite like to set up the onion but for superhero news sites because <laughs> <laughs> these are the the articles that I've read this week are just like the parod- the parodies of like oh god well we gotta write about something um, Zack Snyder has been out on social media over this past week or so talking about like he i think he was like uh he was on some is it vero some social yeah, media he's the network? only guy on like vero he, he is literally the only guy on vero and he's basically yeah. using it to um Ex- to explain <laughs> batman v superman tell, and the bits yeah. of justice league that we're his <laughs> It's, ba- it's basically it's his way of getting the Snyder cut out there is to use a social network that seems to at this point just be a social network for Zack Snyder fans. It has made me it has made me acutely aware of a spike of people on social media um, explaining scenes from Batman v Superman and Justice League and <laughs> that- Man of Steel as if they are profound <laughs> in the past week or yeah, so. Yeah, it's like all of these explanations in inverted commas. None of them are things that we didn't figure out. That that was probably what they yeah. would go and on to mean. Because they're not oh, smart the spear was a Christ successful. metaphor. Really? You were doing a Christ metaphor with Superman in that film? I had no idea. <laughs> and here's the thing about Zack Snyder. Like, whether you like his work or not, there is no, there's and no And remember, I quite like Batman v Superman. Yeah, and, and I like some of his earlier work. And... <laughs> But there's there's no doubting that that guy puts a lot of thought into what goes into his movies. Like he, I I think, for all his faults, is a thoughtful filmmaker. That being yeah, said, the problem is the having, brain that's coming up with the thoughts. Well, yeah, having intention <laughs> behind shots and imagery, and having like and having ideas for what you want to represent in your film does not make those thoughts necessarily profound in and of themselves, and it doesn't and it doesn't mean that that intention is necessarily going to come across in the execution. And the yeah. fact that Zack Snyder is out on social media explaining what some of his scenes meant and what they were going to lead towards, A, suggests flaws in his film, and B, suggests major flaws in the way that DC have built their movies. Yeah, so apparently, like, the opening scene, or so, oh, like, that, oh, no, he, he was explaining the nightmare sequence in Batman v Superman. And yeah, apparently it was all symbolic. It was all symbolic. Which I and think it was most all... of us guessed at the time, right? And and it was all leading towards stuff that was going to happen in Justice League Part Two because when yeah. that, yeah. when that movie came out, Justice League was a two part movie, <laughs> and in the end, it was a two part movie. But both of those parts were released simultaneously <laughs> <laughs> on the same reel of film. <laughs> yeah, it's just I mean, it, you know, apparently it was it was like a, a revelation that the the possible future that was being seen was a future in which superman had been taken over by dark side and the anti-life equation and it's like yeah 
But why did that why did that matter in the movie that we were watching? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I did. Yeah, I mean, you you can see why it you can see why it's in there at that point in the story, which is this is a moment that profoundly unsettles Batman in terms of the existence of Superman in the world. But, um, well. I was thinking as well about with the the Deathstroke stuff. So obviously Deathstroke turns up in the was that wait was that in was that in the Justice League post credits? It's it the was, Justice League post credits. Yeah. yeah. So Deathstroke turns up and we're like, oh, it's Deathstroke. I guess we'll see him in Justice League Two, the Batman, his own movie. What? I I don't know. I just don't know. I was thinking. If you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is there any time that they've introduced a character either in a cameo, either in a supporting role in a film or in a post credit sequence where we don't already know when that character is showing up in the MCU, like, in a major way? No. That's never happened, has it? Like, with with Hawkeye and Thor, we knew he was coming in Avengers. Mm. Like, with, with um, Black Panther, we knew he was coming. With Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver at the end of... Um, Whichever movie that was. Was that Guardians of Galaxy? No, I can't remember. Was that Winter Soldier? I, I think it was, was it Winter Soldier to lead into Yeah, Ultron? maybe it was. Yeah. Yeah. One of the movies. But you always knew where those characters were coming. And yeah. whereas, whereas DC just going, oh, hey, here's Deathstroke. Great, when will we see him again? No idea. I, I lo- so how I love do, how, how they do you managed... get excited? How do you get excited about that? Well, they also managed to undercut the excitement over uh, de- having Deathstroke appear by the person that he shared the scene with. And everyone was just like, oh, fucking hell, not him again. <laughs> it's like, do, do we have to put up with him to get Deathstroke? Really? I quite liked him, to be fair. <laughs> oh, uh, also, another bit of DC news. The Batman movie may take place in the past. <laughs> Yeah, in 1989. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, oh, Is he going to come out of watching the Tim Burton Batman and be like, they got all that wrong? <laughs> okay, um, let's move over to the small screen and something that I think we are all excited about in spite of uh, the, the direction that its sister show has taken. Uh, we got the first image from The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And uh, it's... It's not that exciting in and of itself because it's just two people. <laughs> I mean, stuck it is there. exciting though because it's Ken and Ship Girl playing and Sabrina. Sabrina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you? I mean, I guess Joe, you're you're not on our Riverdale WhatsApp group, so <laughs> no. And I don't, I don't need adding to that. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so you you won't have been party to us trying to figure out. Well, no, I say try, it's not like we've had a lengthy conversation about it, but certainly the question is still hanging in the air of whether it's been it's set in the sixties or not. And these photos are maddeningly inconclusive <laughs> yeah, about very that fact. Yeah, because the car looks like it could be quite an old car, and the fashion um, looks like it could be mm. quite old fashioned. But also, but I, I'm leaning wait. towards sixties feel, like a kind of um, yeah. an anachronistic feel to the visuals. Yeah, that's um, what I not unlike what Legion did actually wait where's the car i haven't seen the car what's the car it's just in the back just in the background there's a car in the background of one of the shots yeah i think it's going to be present day but 60s aesthetic okay uh i i I mean i just looked at this image and like i was like oh so betty and jughead look different (laughs) right (laughs) like is that Ross Lynch's natural hair colour? Because I've only seen him in My Friend Dharma. Where, where he's, he's got, like, the bleach blonde, blonde right? Yeah. And yeah. I assume that's what they were going to be doing for Harvey, but apparently not. No. So, I mean, uh, this looks, it, it, it's Kid and Shipka, and it's that guy. And he's Harvey. Yeah, I mean, it, it confirms to us further that the show exists. Um... <laughs> which, which is nice. Okay. There's not a lot more to say about it beyond that, other than no. that. Still really looking forward to that show. Looking forward to when we see a picture of what Michelle Gomez will look like in it. Um, ridiculous, hopefully. Okay, uh, this next piece of news I like because it's just a, it's just an invitation for some wild speculation. There is, <laughs> oh, there we'll is get a, a good 20 minutes out of that then. Yeah, exactly. There is a rumour that Matt Damon may have passed on the villain role in Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Um... <laughs> Are you going to ask us who Matt Damon could play as a villain? No, I was going to say I was well. I was going to say like speculation. Who do you think the villain in Spider-Man: Homecoming two is going to be? Yeah. And and also 
who would who would be good? Who would you that's, like to see? That's as- actually that is actually quite a good question. <laughs> yeah, because it's you know you have to you who, have to who assume is a it's, classic Spider-Man villain they haven't done. They haven't. It's, it's probably going to be someone who they haven't done. Yeah. Um, because they won't. If Amazing Spider-Man Two hadn't done the Green Goblin, you could say that they could get away with doing the Goblin again, but I don't think they will. Um, I don't think, think they do Doctor Octopus at this stage. Although I would really quite like to see Doctor Octopus in the MCU. I, mean, um, I think the two main candidates are probably uh, Craven and Mysterio. Yeah. So uh, Mysterio, I can imagine them doing very well in the MCU, and I think mm. Craven. Well, that that could come back to an idea that I've had for for years <laughs> for Mysterio about him being a. Failed given, TV given how many people wrote the last uh, Spider-Man Homecoming film, there's a good chance that you'll get on that. Oh, <laughs> you guys! I was I was watching. Um, oh, what was it? I was watching the Coen Brothers movie, the man who um, the man who wasn't there at the weekend. Very um, underrated in the in the Coen's canon. That one. It is. It's good. Although I I was thinking it felt a little bit like a proto serious man. Like <laughs> it's like it's like a serious man, but not quite as cutting. Or a lot more passive, uh, if that's possible. Um, but uh, Richard Jenkins is in it in a small role, um, and I was watching it and going, Richard Jenkins would make a great Mysterio, <laughs> right? Or is that just me? You guys have probably got your Mysterio dream casting in your back pocket already. Uh, I don't know. Mysterio is quite easy to for anyone to do because you need the costume version to be a fishbowl head, and that's basically it. It doesn't matter who's under it. But this is why I wouldn't do that. As I say, I I, I would have him as a Darren Brown type. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, that that would be great. Um, not 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 Darren Brown playing him because Darren Brown's not an actor, but somebody playing a very <laughs> Darren Brownish character. Hey, he was in that episode of Sherlock, wasn't he, Seb? <laughs> playing himself. <laughs> yes, he could play himself. Surely, everything Darren Brown does is a performance, though. Mm. <laughs> He's a master Didn't... of the mentalism. Yeah, a master, um, a master of the mental arts. Um, I, was, I was just trying to think who oh, didn't I come up with some good Norman Osborn casting recently? Because I was thinking about Norman Osborn. The great thing about bringing Norman Osborn into the MCU is that you can have him be an Avengers and an Iron Man villain as well as a Spider Man villain. I don't, I don't think um, you do Norman Osborn. Yeah, no, I don't think they will. I, I don't. I, yeah, so I don't think they'll go near goblins. So, well, do you, do you remember what I would like to see? Uh, I would like to see Norman saying- Osborn. As a kind of Doctor Doom figure who like shows up in lots of different properties, being Norman Osborn, and you're mm. like, "Oh, when's he going to do something evil?" Yeah, well, I t- I seem to remember, and I, I again I can't remember. I've, I've mentioned this in the past, and I, I may have made it up, but I seem to remember when Ant Man was due to come out. It was right around when the uh, Sony like Sony mm. Marvel Spider Man deal was getting done, and there yeah. were lots of rumors that in the background we were going to be seeing like. Um, Oscorp. Oscorp logos and stuff. Um, just, you know, like in that corporate world that you've got in Ant-Man. And and it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I could I could see that working. But that's what I would do with Norman Osborn. I'd bed in the idea, but not not touch him for ages. I think I think Craven makes sense. He surely he's the biggest he's the biggest Spider-Man villain that they haven't touched. And I don't know if you remember that they were they were talking about. Uh, well, there was a rumor that they were not going to be doing any specific. Or there wasn't going to be any specific gender or race for the Spider-Man villain. That it was kind of like an open casting process. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if they'd have said that and then hired Matt Damon, that would have been a thing. <laughs> 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 or even in that that had been out there, and then Matt Damon had been hired would have been a weird thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Craven, especially if the rumours are true that they're gonna be going international, I think Craven I don't know, maybe there is a there is a fun kind of like European thief aspect to Craven that you could even play up. I mean the thing the thing that makes Craven work for me is that he is a like he's a very personal threat to Peter Parker in that he's, you know, a hunter, like he's he's gonna be tracking his friends and family. Yeah. And that's not something like Iron Man's not just going to show up and, you know, rocket him off to jail or whatever. 
Well, I mean, presumably most of those characters will be dead by the time we get to Homecoming two, anyway. So, <laughs> mm. <laughs> so yeah. So I, can I, we can, can can we fan cast Craven then? Well, would, uh, does Craven to you? Does he necessarily have to be a white guy? No, I mean he's the the character is Russian, um, but I don't think there's a huge problem to change that. I I have two thoughts. One of them is a white guy, and one of them isn't. Uh, my my thoughts are Jeffrey Dean Morgan or The Rock. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is not going to leave the DCEU. Uh, the Rock, <laughs> the Rock might. <laughs> um, I I kind of like I kind of like the idea of them kind of you know just recycling people who used to be superheroes. Uh, quite <laughs> like a, a long while ago. You so know maybe... who I could. So are you are you going to say Dean Kane? <laughs> I mean, I do like that. No, uh, Wesley Snipes as Craven the Hunter is. They, could just, they should just work good. through the wait. They I just through the Batman. I just popped that. Just popped into my head as a, as a joke well, idea, and now I love it. Wesley well, no, Snipes. Do you know, do you know what I like better than that? And this is just going totally off topic. And this is something that occurred to me the other day. Blade is a villain. Well, just just there is no reason why Wesley Snipes could not play Blade in the MCU. Even at, at his age now, I and totally he, think he, he could. He would agree with you, Seb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, because I was wondering this after I watched Demolition Man the other week, and I had not seen that for a very long time. It's a great film, but one of the things that struck me was just how good Wesley Snipes is in that, like more so than you know I would usually expect from him. And that just made me think, like, if you can get that Wesley Snipes in a film again, um, you know, whatever legal issues he's had notwithstanding um then but yeah i could i could see him as craven actually <laughs> hey we've we've happened across an absolute gold mine i hope kevin feige's listening because we've just smashed that out of the park because all um, of our ideas are golden yeah <laughs> uh last last non piece of news before we Go on to a couple of tidbits that might be more interesting. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix has said that he will only do a superhero movie if he believes that he can transcend the genre. Um, so I imagine he's passing on that Joker reboot movie then with Todd <laughs> Phillips. Because <laughs> as much as I think that that sounds like an interesting project, I don't think a Todd Phillips King of Comedy riff is going to transcend the superhero genre. What genre was he transcending in I'm Still Here out of interest? Uh, the mockumentary, I would assume, or at least he hopes that he could do. <laughs> I think, I think, Quacking Phoenix does pick interesting project. I mean, this all comes on the back of as well him him reportedly passing on Doctor Strange, which was, which makes a lot of sense. I, I, I if if that is what Quacking Phoenix wants to do, he wants to do stuff that is is as wild as possible. He's never going to pop up in the MCU, is he? Within within those kind of constraints, um, no. But yeah, I don't. I don't think that role. I mean, I could see, like I said before, I'd love to see Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure that yeah, Todd Phillips is the guy to do that with. If you, if those are your ambitions, maybe, maybe he needs to bring Lynn Ramsey in. <laughs> I, I you know, funnily, that would watch. I was talking to Mike Leader earlier today, and he pointed out to me an interview where uh, Lynn Ramsey claimed that The Dark Knight Returns was <laughs> a big influence on her mode of storytelling. Well, you know, let's join all those dots together. Let's get Lynn Ramsey directing a Joker movie. Perfect. With Joaquin Phoenix. Um, Transcending the genre. Yeah, no, I, 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 I believe that they could. And hey, she, she's worked with Ezra Miller before as well, so the Flash can cameo. <laughs> <laughs> and then we tied it into the DCEU as well. Everyone's happy. <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to tie things into the DCEU, though, does it? They just have to get made. <laughs> uh yeah okay um so we'll move on to a couple of pieces of news that uh, might be a little bit more substantial but still aren't really um james there was a report out and this was around around april fool's day so i'm still not massively convinced but there was a report out on uh the tracking board um about all of the drama with fox's new mutants um and <laughs> all of the drama they said that basically, originally, because there was there was the teaser at the end of X-Men Apocalypse, which teased the Essex Corporation. And so we were kind of expecting Mr. Sinister in Logan, weren't we? Or 
you know, potentially that that could well, be... Well, yeah, could... we were expecting Mr. Sinister to be in an X-Men movie, which was either going to be Logan or what turned out to be Dark Phoenix. Yes. Um, but it doesn't seem like that has happened. Um, and so this this report is, is was suggesting that Mr. Sinister was going to cameo in a tag at the end of New Mutants, uh, played by John Hamm. Um, except that they've changed their mind now, and instead, Antonio Banderas will be playing an unnamed villain in the tag for New Mutants. Um, and so, Antonio Banderas might be in New Mutants now? Maybe? I mean, pretty much anyone might be in New Mutants at this point. It's Again, not coming out for like another five <laughs> years or something. It's another movie, isn't it, where you're just like, yeah, I don't think they know yet. No. I really don't think that they know yet. Uh, but Mr. Sinister would would make sense in the X-Men movies, given that he's given the kind of the alt future set up by Logan. I mean, there was an even, even a rumour out there that Jessica Chastain's character in X-Men Dark Phoenix is Miss Sinister. Now, is that a different, <laughs> is, is that a different character or is that just someone gender flipped? Oh, it's it's a different character who used his technology to steal his powers, essentially. It's kind of vague yeah it's a different character put it that way that like you could theoretically have mr and mrs sinister hanging around and they would both not be the same character okay uh so Except i mean that she died but you know comments. here's my prediction she's not miss sinister ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Mr. Sinister's not a new mutant, and Antonio Banderas won't be either. Yeah, I would fully agree with all that. I mean, but also, let's face it, I mean, if... if if New Mutants was going to be the time at which they would introduce Mr. Sinister, like, the universe would be entering a cold heat death before he got to actually appear in a film. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and our last piece of news uh, is a piece of TV news, and we're we're digging a couple of weeks back for this, uh, because it was something we didn't cover on the podcast uh, when it happened. But Astro City, uh, which is a comic book from Kurt Busiek... um, (laughs) Music. <laughs> Joe did that deliberately because we briefed him beforehand on how you actually pronounce Kurt Busiek's name. Kurt Busiek, uh, some some indie comics guy. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, he wrote a comic called Astro City. You have um, read his Avengers issues. Who, who's and Avengers Superman issues? Secret, and Superman Secret a, Identity. And Superman Secret Identity. Yeah, <laughs> he's written a lot of comics that you have read. I'm winding you guys up. <laughs> so Kurt Busiek had a had a comic called Astro City, and Still has. Uh, is this? Oh, it's a thing that's still going. Oh, it's it ended, but it's yeah. currently going. Yeah. So it's it launched in 1995. I'm seeing here, um, and they're now developing a TV show about it. Um, tell me why, you, James. You sounded very interested by this. Tell me why I should be interested. 
I think probably because like Astro City is it's sort of an independent superhero universe, but also it's very sort of it's homaging the Silver Age, but using sort of modern narrative devices and sensibilities. So it's kind of interesting in that respect. It's like imagine the grim and gritty eighties stuff never happened to superheroes. This might be what they would be like. It's not a million miles away from uh, when we were talking about what Alan Moore did with Supreme. That, um, I was but, thinking of referencing that. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I think, and it even you know, it has a Superman analog that uh, that's not entirely dissimilar. Uh, yeah, called it's, Samaritan. It's, it's very um, interested in archetypes and sort of commentary. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's Supreme is a is a really great work, but I, you know, is is a bit more um kind of finite and a and a bit kind of narrower in focus. I think what Astro City is generally really good at from what i've read of it is its world building mm-hmm. i mean given given that it's a world and a set of characters that are completely based on archetypes um it, it develops them pretty well into and you know making them into characters that you are interested in in their own right and in and of themselves like then they're, they're not especially interesting in terms of the concepts of them because they are all just really recognizable superhero and supervillain archetypes but the characters themselves and their relationships and stuff uh, are interesting. All that being said, do you expect that this is a, a one of those projects that is actually going to make it to the screen? Well, <laughs> I noticed that it's being apparently developed by Fremantle and um, it's not the only major adaptation project that's been announced by them in the last week um, because also they are apparently doing an adaptation of Gormenghast by Neil Gaiman and Akiva Goldsman, which might be the most mismatched pairing of writers <laughs> talent-wise that I think I've ever seen. But it sounds to me like they've probably got a few properties that they're looking at developing at the moment, um, and this is one of them. So the thing, the thing that makes me think Asher City might not happen is that just getting that many superheroic characters on screen is going to cost money with a capital M. And this is if it can't look as good as a movie, it's almost not worth doing. Well, the Tick hasn't done too, but well, the Tick doesn't have anywhere near as many characters and isn't quite as reliant on them all flying. And it's a comedy, so you can get away (laughs) with a lot more in terms of suspension of disbelief. Like if you. If you want to do Samaritan on screen, he has to look as good as Superman, otherwise it doesn't work. Hmm. And this is Fremantle, North America, who for, for a long time had worked primarily in um, in game shows, reality hmm. shows. They did The Price is Right and American Idol. So obviously, like, two massively successful shows there. Uh, in terms of, like, scripted entertainment, uh, their big project is American Gods. And... Hmm. As much as I kind of was like lukewarm, I didn't think it was terrible by any stretch on the bits of American Gods that I did see. That's a show that's been handled atrociously <laughs> behind the scenes. To be like, fair, they did hire Brian Fuller. <laughs> yeah, but then things got worse after he left. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced. And so there's, there's not a network attached or anything like that. This is just that Fremantle have picked up the rights and are developing it but it does sound it sounds interesting it certainly sounds more interesting than the um rob liefeld version of this that you told me about the other week so <laughs> well that was what i mean about you know the, the the rob liefeld one is the same as the alan moore one uh, yeah. Just, uh yeah tackled differently um just actually uh i've just seen in a in a sidebar tweet um alongside the new, a new story about astro city this looks like it's new today uh, the FX have ordered a pilot for Why the Last Man. What? I didn't see that. Yeah, well, I think it's just, like, the story's just gone up on Newsarama is where I saw it. Um, it oh, it's according to Variety. There's very little detail um, beyond the fact that they have ordered a pilot. Um, okay. It's, and it's FX. Uh, oh, no, it has, it has showrunners. Uh, Michael Green and... Uh, who also apparently worked on yeah, American, do Gods. American Gods, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Aida Mashaka, oh, Aida Mashaka Kroll, sorry, it went over onto a new line. Uh, who's apparently worked on Luke Cage are going to be co-showrunners. Um, and that Nina is... Matsukis is going to direct the pilot. 
Yeah, that see, I was going to say that is a show that I absolutely believe will happen. I'm stunned that Why the Last Man hasn't been adapted already. Um, and yeah, it seems it seems like just a, a no brainer concept. Yeah, especially because there's only one guy, so you can get away with paying your car seventy five percent less than normal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, James. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so that was that was the comic book movie and TV news this week. Uh, it was slim pickings, but fortunately, we've got one of our all-time great pitches. Um, oh, I don't which... know. You haven't heard mine yet. <laughs> I wanted to know after we did Generation X last week. Uh, I wanted to know. I wanted a pitch from Seven James for a nineties, uh, uh, like to literally time travel back to the nineties. And make a superhero TV movie. Um, now, James, you are confident you've got a great pitch lined up. I'm expecting it to make great podcasting, put it that way. And <laughs> um, before the show, you said that it was so good that you had to go first. <laughs> I did allude to that. Yep. Seb, what's your pitch this week? <laughs> you dick. <laughs> no, I'd like James to go first because I, I still need a bit of time to think. Oh, about. God, you're both as bad as each other. Okay, James, <laughs> you can go first. Okay, so essentially you're asking us with this pitch, which superheroes would you like to see a sort of mediocre, cheap version of? D- yeah, thinking... d- done camply and badly. Yeah, and I was thinking, so... What what's like a mediocre cheap version of an existing superhero team that would be you know that I would enjoy being done really badly. So I was thinking they should make a Justice League International pilot uh, TV series. <laughs> this is why you went first. <laughs> yeah, because I would just love to see Seb having to sit through that and feeling even worse than the Generation X pilot. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but. It doesn't matter what I say because you've just handed me the victory by <laughs> by trying to invent something that already exists. There's a Justice League International pilot? Yeah. The, the, it's it's called Justice League America, but the nineteen ninety seven Justice League movie. <laughs> have you have you not seen this? Why would I ever watch that? <laughs> it's it's Guy Gardner, The Flash, Fire and Ice, and Atom. <laughs> And Martian Manhunter. Amazing. Um, I mean, we're, we're going to get to covering it on the podcast at some point, but they tried to do it, and they tried to do it as like a light-hearted comedy. I mean, Seb, um, you say that James has just handed the win to you, but has he pitched something so accurate that they actually made it badly and cheaply in the 90s? Maybe it didn't exist until I said it, and now <laughs> the vagaries of time travel have brought it yeah. into existence perfect seb do you want to pitch the matt salinger 1990 captain america movie <laughs> <laughs> well i think there's this team of x-men characters like these teenagers <laughs> from the 90s no but we uh, know that already existed because we podcasted about it last week maybe we didn't podcast about it last week until, until you just I said traveled it <laughs> back in time and made it happen yeah <laughs> okay seb what what is your pitch for a, for a 1990s superhero tv movie um, do you know, I'm going to completely change tack now on what I was going to say. <laughs> wow. Um, because of all of this talk of time travel and actually not, not a million miles away from, from what James was pitching anyway, but rather than just generally doing Justice League International, I think the 90s and TV movie stylings and TV movie budgets would have been perfectly suited to a Booster Gold TV series. Man, you're always trying to get Booster Gold on screen. Give it up. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's very simple. You just he's just he's a time traveller. So you can just do you don't have to have him kind of flying around. You don't have to have the budgetary constraints. Yeah, instead of, of instead of, of a robot, him. he could have like a pager. <laughs> exactly. Wait. And I mean I am I'm, I'm basically thinking that this is gonna end up looking very like early edition. Seb, um, Seb, <laughs> Seb, can I get in into your pitch? What about we make it now and Booster Gold time travels back to the 1990s <laughs> to make a superhero TV movie about the characters that he's friends with in the in the present day? 
No, right? I'm, I'm, I, I like it, but I'm, I'm just thinking more and more, I'm ruminating more and more on this idea of it basically being a superhero version of early edition. And what happens is that Skeets um, is like is like his little portable computer, like a little, like, like kind of like a tablet like a um, that's come with him from the future. Yeah. And it shows him new stories from tomorrow. And so he goes and like stops crime and rescues people based on the new story that's about to happen the next day. I mean, day. that is just early edition, though. Yeah, but it's early edition, but with superheroes. I've never watched early edition. I just know it was Carl Chandler, wasn't it? You what? <laughs> what, James? I'm not ancient like you and Seth. <laughs> but you, but yeah, you but love you've crap watched the classics, right? Television. You've seen the X Files and stuff. Like, why not early edition? It just depends whether it was on TV, like on free TV available to me when I was a kid. Also, I don't there's think no it was. excuse. Just because it happened before you were born, there's no excuse for not watching the classics. Also, Carl Chandler in about 1996 is absolutely perfect casting for Booster Gold as well. So, there you go. Yeah. I mean, James, I think as, as much as I want to award you the win for pitching something that already exists, which is amazing, um, I think just just for virtue of the fact that, James, that Seb's pitch doesn't exist. What and it also- does, it's called Early Edition. <laughs> yeah, but it, early edition didn't. Early start edition Booster Gold. has a cat. It has a cat that brings the newspaper. Booster Gold has a skeets. <sighs> yes. Uh, Would you sex... rather have a computer or a cat? This is ridiculous. I quit. <laughs> can I? Can I tell you what my other badly formed idea was? Sure. Why not? We've got the time. <laughs> um, it was, but the only reason, part of the reason I ditched it was that I realised that that two actually existing series, ironically, <laughs> I realised that two actually existing series didn't leave a space for it to exist in the nineties. Um, but a Superman TV series completely shot in Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, uh, so Seb, you win the pitch this week. Um, again, and that's that's just about it for this week's episode. Um. I thought before we go, um, I would give an update on the uh, on the fundraising campaign for the Marvel Cinematic Universe Marathon. Um, as we record today, which is Thursday, we crossed a thousand pounds. Hey, which uh, James, uh, did you and Seb actually got us over the uh, the thousand pound mark? Yeah, because I was thinking now I can choose that you should watch Iron Fist. You no, you don't. You don't get to choose. That's not how this works. As I tweeted out, I would not watch. I would not watch Iron Fist again, even for Parkinson's. Um, so uh, we, we've crossed a thousand pounds. The I think we are two weeks away. Is that right? So yeah, two, just over two weeks away from the uh, from the marathon actually taking place because we have passed the. £1,000 mark, I'm now 100% definitely adding in all of the Marvel one-shots, um, which makes this pretty much as as complete an MCU movie marathon as you can get, because uh, it has all of the features and all of the shorts. Um, so there is, you know, I think there's, there's five one-shots that have been added in. Uh, it means a little bit more Peggy Carter, so I'm happy. Um, and also takes the marathon over... 39 hours 39 hours and six minutes to be exact uh but now i kind of need listeners help because i i I need to set another stretch goal um for you know to to encourage more donations and to add something else silly to this marathon that i can do i want to keep it all mcu related so i don't want to i don't want to stray too far away from that and also, I will not be watching Iron Fist. So, with those with those caveats in mind, um, it would be great to hear people's suggestions for what I could add in. Um, I, I worry that it's probably going to be some Agents of Shield. In I was going to say, I think you should watch the Agents of Shield episodes that have movie characters in. That's what I was thinking. But do I really have to watch a full Agents of Shield episode just to get to the Nick Fury cameo in the last thirty no, seconds? It's the, it's the Agent Sitwell cameos you have to watch out for. Oh well, <laughs> it, well Sitwell's quite good. I quite like it. And um, and who was Titus Welliver's character? Because he's yeah, in one. Guy. He's in one of the one shots, and then he turns up on the on the show. <laughs> Lady Sif's in a couple of episodes, isn't she? Mm-hmm. And then there's the and then there's like the crossover stuff with the Thought MCU. The dark world, yeah. Well, uh, the good one, the good one was the two-part, um, uh, <laughs> uh, not Civil War, Winter Soldier, the two-part mm. Winter Soldier crossover. 
where where as Seb went over and said to me at the end of Captain America and Soldier, well, that is the fastest a TV show has ever been cancelled. <laughs> I was <laughs> wrong in retrospect, wasn't I? Yeah. <laughs> five years, cut to five years later. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of maybe the high point for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when they actually <laughs> like tied into Winter Soldier and did some fun stuff with it. Um yeah, so there's there there are little bits and bats. There's also the Agent Carter stuff that cross it and the Howling Commando stuff which crosses over with um Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. And there's Agent Carter itself. Um I don't think the Netflix shows have ever been allowed to even think about anyone from the movies. So that might be a little bit more difficult. Um and then there's a bunch of other shows as well, isn't there? There's Inhumans, there's Cloak and Daggers starting soon. I don't know how how soon Runaways. that's starting. Runaways has happened. Did that ever air in the UK? I don't think so. Yeah, me either. But I don't know. Might... I don't. I don't really have a TV. So <laughs> I do have. I do have a TV. Well. I don't have TV. I only you like. I yeah. stream it and stuff. So you're unplugged. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, listeners, if you've got any any particular ideas, like I said, I want to keep it MCU related. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's try and think of a fun new stretch goal and hopefully we can keep, uh, keep raising some money in this, in these last couple of weeks before the, um, before the marathon happens. And then on Thursday night at midnight, I will be heading to my local multiplex to watch the midnight screening of Avengers Infinity War in 3D. And you won't be able to tell what insane events in that film are actually really happening in the film, or that your fevered imagination. Oh no! So that no, so that around. will that will actually be four days later. I will have oh, like okay. I'll have done my marathon on Saturday, Sunday, and then on Thursday night at midnight, I'll be seeing that. But presumably, my mind will be what? I mean, I was even in, in a bit of a weird place when I saw Captain America: Civil War at the end of the Captain America trilogy. Uh, in cinemas, which was yeah, because you were was convinced like, it was going to be a trilogy. Yes, and I was <laughs> lied to. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it it should be interesting. And guys, I'm really excited about Hawkeye. I'm just, I just, there's some something's going on with that man. What's what's going on with Hawkeye? He's going to die in the first 15 seconds of the film. No, apparently to give Thanos sh- some credibility. Apparently, they showed half an hour of the movie to some press today and they that you know no spoilers because thanos has warned everyone now which is a thing um but apparently hawkeye wasn't in them <sighs> because like, he's not since, in okay the film. since since we're talking about it here is what i think is going to happen he's going to go find captain marvel no, at the end of avengers 3 yes like everyone will be incapacitated thanos will be triumphant and then you know it will have a shot of Post credit scene, Hawkeye on his farm. On his farm. Yeah, like the ordinary non-superhuman guy picking up his bow and being like, I'd better go sort this out. And then he's the guy who like inspires the other Avengers, like, you know, (sighs) proves that he's the heart of the team. As they kept saying. I really love it. I love it. Or alternatively, he shows up and Thanos punches his head off because he's just an ordinary bloke. He's not Captain America. Like, I no. genuinely, I can kind of see them doing a big thing where, like, the ordinary, non-powered, like, seemingly weakest member of the Avengers turns out to be overlooked by the, like, god-like being and thus saving the day. Is he... Uh, I guess he's not, no, because Black Widow as well, but does it, do any of the other... Others of them not have superpowers because well, even mean, Tony, like, Tony Stark, I guess, at a push. But yeah, I mean, Tony uh, Stark has his suit, which I think disqualifies him from being called yeah. like an ordinary guy. And I guess Doctor Strange isn't superpowered, but he's tapping into superpowers. Yeah, where so like, it, it's Black, Black Widow, Widow and, Hawkeye. and Hawkeye. Black Widow and Hawkeye, are the two like non-powered ones, and I think even Ant Man. Again, he's well, he's got his gimmick. He's, like what yeah. Hawkeye's gimmick is that he shoots arrows. Like it's not, it's not a gimmick. He's he's really the truest hero. <laughs> I, I need to I need to order my Team Hawkeye t shirt. 
he truly is the best of it. I, I went the idea say- of showing up at Avengers Infinity War with like all your Hawkeye gear and being like, we'll go Hawkeye and just not being in the film. <laughs> I, went, I went to that Captain <laughs> America trilogy person. in my Hawkeye t-shirt. I genuinely did. I went to that because I was like, yeah, Hawkeye. And one dude was like, cool t-shirt, bro. And I was like, oh, he said bro. <laughs> you should just be like the one guy coming out of Infinity War going like, what the fuck was that? Where's my guy? No, he is in it. He is in it. Oh, or as I tweeted today, what if Hawkeye's been Thanos this whole time? And he is on the post. You are you're banned from speculating about Avengers. I did that on Twitter, James, just to annoy you. <laughs> so Hawkeye's definitely not the Soul Stone, right? Well, I've again another theory I've put out there. Uh, okay, I thoroughly enjoyed that episode more than any of our listeners, I am sure. Um, <laughs> but that's it for this week's show. Um, don't forget that our next episode is going to be on Green Lantern, which um, I'm incredibly excited about because I haven't watched it since it was released. Um, but I think I watched it twice, maybe. I think I watched a review copy of it as well. Um, and yeah. I am, the as I've mentioned previously on this podcast, certainly back in the day anyway, I was one of the biggest Ryan Reynolds fans that you were ever likely to find because he was perennially in bad movies and people kept telling me that he was terrible. And I was like, no, you're wrong. Ryan Reynolds is the best. He is just the best thing about terrible movies again and again and again. <laughs> Green Lantern did not help me in that regard. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I feel it was vind- so bad that even you, the biggest Ryan Reynolds fan in the world, only saw it twice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, it will be interesting to see that uh, that movie uh, starring Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. So that's the next episode of the show. Um, if you're enjoying the show, then please do subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Uh, you can sort support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cinematic universe. Um, and if you already do uh, and you haven't heard it yet, there is now a new bonus episode, finally, uh, in which I ramble on. I'd say ramble on for half an hour. I actually rambled on for about 45, 50 minutes and then cut it down uh, about the history of DC's many reboots. So hopefully some of that makes sense. And it's completely exclusive to uh, $2 and up Patreon backers. Um, and any and to any listeners who uh, are not Patreon backers, um, but would like to hear the, the podcast that Reese and I recorded about the Infinity War trailer, where I talk about Hawkeye quite a lot in that as well, uh, we are planning to put that out on the main feed um, within the next week. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully to make before up for Infinity this War that we've comes just out done. at least. <laughs> yes. Certainly. Um, also, a reminder on Patreon as well, uh, as I see from just looking at the page, that we've now hit 49 patrons. Uh, so uh, when we hit 50, um, assuming that it does actually stay as that for a month, then um, we'll give away a free T-shirt to a randomly picked Patreon, Patreon backer. So um, by the time you're listening to this, we might have already, but if we haven't, uh, go ahead and be the 50th and you can be in that draw. Should we design a new one, Seb? Uh, well, we're thinking about it anyway, uh, but whether it whether it'll be just one with the logo on or an entirely new one, so that people can choose. I we should know. make a Hawkeye t-shirt. Yeah, I'm thinking we should make a Hawkeye t-shirt, <laughs> so we can all wear it to the film. <laughs> Hawkeye saves the Marvel universe. Ah, <laughs> uh, it should right. just say here for Hawkeye. Yeah, I am here for Hawkeye. You can find more episodes of the show at cinematicuniverse.com. You can get in touch via Facebook on Twitter at cine underscore verse or send us an email to editorial at cinematicuniverse.com thanks for listening and we'll see you next week goodbye Goodbye.